welcome to the Sincerely Mere podcast, the podcast taking a Christ-centered approach to holistic health along with a focus on slow, conscious living, and of course, cultivating nourishing, sustainable habits for you and your family. Today, I am joined by Brooke, Brooke Kowal, um, and we talk a little bit about her experience homesteading and then, of course, like proper nourishment. Uh, she owns the Instagram account Grounding Sky Wellness, and she shares a lot of fantastic knowledge that I really recommend checking out. Um, she is a nutritional therapy practitioner that helps women nourish their hormones and fertility with ancestral foods. Um, she's also a small regenerative farmer that helps you reconnect with your food and rekindle the innate wisdom on how to truly nourish ourselves. Um, uh, her ultimate goal, as she says, is for people to be nourished, resilient, and thriving with a strong foundation of health and to be deeply rooted in how to nourish themselves. And how beautiful is that? Like, that is just incredible. And like I said, if you don't already follow Brooke, and we'll talk about this at the end, and I'll link her in the show notes, like all that stuff, but I really do just recommend either working with her, following her, just gaining any sort of contact with her because you will no doubt learn so much and it will rekindle this like this innate want uh, that we all have to nourish our bodies the way that God intended us to. So with that, here's Brooke. All right, Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, do you want to share a little bit about yourself uh, with the audience? Yeah, <laughs> the <definitely>. listeners. <laughs> the listeners. Um, well, my name is Brooke. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm also a small regenerative farmer. So I really have a passion for reconnecting people with their food and really rekindling that innate wisdom on how to nourish ourselves deeply. My approach is definitely nourishment um, through real nutrient-dense whole foods. So that's a bit about me. I focus on hormones, fertility, um, overall nourishment. So there's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Um, and we were in the same class, weren't we? Like the same graduating class. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we had the same like cohort, but we were, Mm -hmm. but we were, yes. yes, But we were in the same. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is how I'm pretty sure that's how we ended up connecting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Um, So then what got you interested in health or the NTA, Nutritional Therapy Association? (laughs) I know, right? Um, So I've always been amazed by the human body. My degree is in kinesiology and health studies. So that's always been a huge passion of mine, especially the movement side, um, just learning how the body works and just how hard our bodies work for us. Um, so that's my, I spent the first six years of my career working in healthcare, um, but I kind of didn't see a preventative side to any of that. And the system I just feel isn't serving people the way it could. So I wanted to work in a more preventative way, a more deeper way, um, addressing the root rather than masking symptoms. Right. Don't get me wrong. There's a time and place for healthcare, mm-hmm. um, but I just, it wasn't aligning with me anymore. So I discovered the NTA and I've also had like my own fertility journey um, in terms of PCOS and ovarian cysts and things like that. So the real food movement, I got introduced to Weston A. Price Mm. and his very powerful work. And that really got me on 
the path to where I am today, getting my certification. Um, and farming really coincides with that because we're growing foods that serve our bodies well and nourish mm-hmm. us deeply. So yes, that's kind of how I got into it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then jumping right into the audience questions there, everybody was very curious about homesteading and just like getting started. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that you could talk forever and you can, if you want, we have plenty of time, but, um, how, or what would you suggest to someone who wanted to get started homesteading? They say it's very intimidating for them. Yeah. And it should be intimidating. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't do it, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I want to preface by saying like, there's a big back to land movement with happening right now, which I think is amazing, beautiful. Um, But you also don't need to have a farm to connect with your food. And I want to make that clear. Like I feel social media, we can really romanticize things like my beautiful cows, but that's not, it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. Things go wrong. Um, so I really want to make sure that people aren't feeling this pressure that in order to get nutrient dense foods, I need to farm. You don't right. connect with your farmers around you, connect with your local Western price chapter leader. Mm-hmm. And you're a great resource for that. Cause that's what you do. You kind of created your own local mm-hmm. food economy essentially. And I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do. Yep. Um, but getting back to your question, I think, I don't know, people, I get pretty fired up about this topic. Um, I think people need to take the time to volunteer on a farm first, because if you're going into it green with zero experience, things are going to suffer and it's never going to be the people. It's going to be the animals or your land or whatever. So that's great advice, actually. Yeah. Like I try to remind people that you're taking care of things with heartbeats. Mm -hmm. So take the time to volunteer and volunteer on a local farm. Um, Don't expect to get paid. (laughs) Um, Right. And for like an extended period of time, like commit a bunch of your weekends. I don't mean just go for the weekend because you're not going to get a good grasp on what it is you enjoy. What do you enjoy doing? What kind of appeals to you? Is that plants, animals, Mm -hmm. land management, all the above? Um, And just soak in the wisdom of a seasoned farmer. Mm-hmm. because I think Instagram is a great place for inspiration right and some education but that's only like we're just getting our feet wet in terms of that so I really encourage people to just volunteer get experience like your first farm you set foot on shouldn't be your own in my opinion yeah. um so there's like commitment in farming that our culture has really lost like there's so much commitment and sacrifice Mm -hmm. My animals don't care if I'm burnt out, if it's Christmas, if it's minus 40, like I need to be up and taking care of them and they rely on me. So I think that's something that people need to recognize. I get a lot Mm -hmm. of messages saying, I want a milk cow, but I want to travel. Is that Mm -hmm. possible? Well, anything's possible. It just depends on what kind of farmer you want to be. And I think you just need to weigh the pros and cons. I don't travel very much. Um, but that's who right. I am and that's a choice I've made. So I think people need to really step back, get their feet in the ground, learn, and just be really realistic with themselves. Cause I mean, farming's beautiful, but there's lots of heartbreak and mm-hmm. lots of magic, but it's, it's hard. So I really want to, I'm not trying to discourage people. I just want people to get experience. Right. First. 
And then yeah. it will, might be not so intimidating. Yeah, that's that was a fantastic answer. And you're absolutely right with romanticizing homesteading on Instagram. Like it, it's just so, yeah, it's like <laughs> you if you're following a realistic farmer, it's like you're going to know that like there's a lot of stuff that can happen and yeah. people aren't like focusing on that they're just like oh but the aesthetic looks nice or mm -hmm. whatever you know what I mean um so it's really good that you made that point yeah and you're not getting into farming to make money I think there's assumption that yeah. we're all making money we're not I'm not making money off my farm at all if anything I'm losing money to produce right but I want to produce the most nutrient-dense food I can I want to raise happy healthy animals that live a really meaningful and enriched life Mm -hmm. And I support farmers who do the same. So I think we just we need to step back and be realistic with ourselves. And like, are you going to be able to step up when an animal's sick? Or when, if you're planning on harvesting animals, can you step up and do that? We can do hard things, but can you take yeah. that on that responsibility? I think is something that people don't think about. Um, and same goes like with gardening, with anything, like it's overwhelming. It's a right. lot of work. And if you're trying to work mm -hmm. a nine to five job, mm -hmm. um, it, it's tiring. So yeah, yeah, I think it's very powerful. And it's something that people like now more than ever to think about. But I think what's also really powerful is creating a really strong local food economy, yep. um, which is what I know a lot of people do. Because mm -hmm. um, where do you get your raw milk from? Does it come from a local? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's a 40 minute round trip. So it's really not right. bad at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And the, yep. The farm is great, really clean grass fed, all of that stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I love, you know, I, I pick up once a week and it's, it's good to have that relationship and, you know, have someone to go to for that instead of having to rely on it myself. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so much work. People are like, what, because I don't sell my raw milk because it's illegal mm -hmm. to sell. Oh, okay. Making quick time. We'll talk about that in another question, but um, okay. <laughs> I'm in Canada. So yes, um, I can never put a price on these things. And I think people, and some people be like, oh my gosh, I'm paying so much for a gallon of milk. And I'm like, okay, I want you to visit the farm and I want you to follow that from cow to the milk in your jar, like how mm -hmm. much work that is. And then never mind the emotional responsibility that we as farmers carry when you're responsible for living things and you have a kiddo so it's I can't compare animals to yep. kids mm -hmm. it's it's similar like you carry mm -hmm. this responsibility all the time um so I think it's important that people go visit a farm even just to visit um mm -hmm. connect and I'm sure like many farmers love when you come out all my local farms really encourage people to come out and see the animals Mm -hmm. um, and just build that connection. Cause we've really lost that. So yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, so moving on, what is your favorite organ meat and why you talk a lot about organ meats and <laughs> yeah. nourish, well, nourishment in general, but you do talk a lot about organ meats. So I'm curious to see what your answer is here. Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I'm going to say liver right. in terms of bioavailable nutrients, nutrient density and accessibility. Like most people can get their hands on some type of liver. Mm -hmm. um, so liver is definitely my favorite. It's affordable too. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a good one. And also like how 
blessed are we that we can people can buy it in like desiccated form right, right. so it's exactly not, it's not as intimidating yeah um, and I think everybody should be taking liver in some form whether that's cooking it making your own raw liver pills desiccated form whatever because everyone's at a different readiness so mm -hmm. I really encourage my clients specifically and on Instagram I talk about yeah the importance of nose to tail eating honoring the whole animal and nutrient density mm -hmm. um, but liver would definitely be my favorite and that includes chicken beef pork lamb okay venison. sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um and then this one kind of piggybacks off of that what's your favorite way to eat liver uh they say they can't stomach it which <laughs> I get yeah, it <laughs> I get that um yeah it's funny I think people think I like came into this world loving liver and like <laughs> drinking broth and I just yeah <laughs> it's just so funny and I'm like no like once you kind of grasp the nourishment something brings to you you'll figure out how to get it into your body right. um and from a culinary perspective, there's so many treasured ways to enjoy it. Like I love um, mousse, like say chicken liver mousse. Oh, nice. So that's when you, it's similar to pate, but I call it a mousse because you add heavy cream at the end and then you whip it and you can eat that on sourdough, whatever you like. Um, we make, we make that a lot in my mm -hmm. house. Um, and yeah, like the biggest thing with liver is I find people are overcooking it. You do not oh, want to overcook okay. it because it really messes with the texture. Like it turns rubbery. Okay. Um, and then you can also soak it in milk before mm -hmm. you're cooking it to draw some of that irony taste out. So that's also another trick. And mm -hmm. then I'm kind of delving into the world of like, if you can taste iron so much, maybe we have an iron dysregulation problem happening. Oh, um, yeah. So that's cool. something I've been learning more about because I think that's really interesting. Um, that is super, super interesting. Yeah, but definitely chicken liver mousse or some type of pate is great. If you like, mm -hmm. you can't go wrong with throwing bacon and things. Throw some bacon yeah. in the pan, um, some onions and do it up. Everyone's always asking me for a recipe and I'm not a recipe person. Um, oh, me either. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, just throw this and that. They're like, well, how many teaspoons? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. Just but some try. good herbs. Yeah. Like some yeah. thyme. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's really good. There's some amazing, like the book Nourishing Traditions. Oh, yeah. Like Sally mm -hmm. Fallon. She has some really great recipes. And also the book Nourished Kitchen by Jennifer. Oh, I have it right here. Jennifer McGruther is a really good okay. reference as well for people to check that out. Awesome. Um, Okay, so how do you obtain raw milk in Canada? <laughs> a million dollar question. <laughs> yeah, I get this all this time. Well, actually, the messages I get are because people don't think I'm in Canada. I think everyone thinks we all live in the States, yeah. um, which I think is funny. Um, but I am in Canada and raw milk is illegal in most forms in Canada. Okay. Um, some provinces like British Columbia allows herd shares, I believe. It just depends on where you live. Um, for example, I'm in Saskatchewan and I have probably five different places within an hour from me that I can get raw milk, but I've had to do a lot of digging. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing is with raw milk in Canada is 
you're not going to find it in your grocery store. You're not going to find it on a billboard of someone saying raw milk for sale. You're just going to have to dig. So I recommend people connect again with their local Weston A. Price chapter leader. So just Google Weston A. Price chapter leader. It'll come up. Um, okay. Because if you go, everyone says realmilk.com and there's nothing on the map for Canada. Okay. I was, I was going to ask mm-hmm. that if, if there was anything yeah. there, but that makes. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would connect with your local Weston A. Price chapter leader and they can connect you. So for my province, I have one leader in our whole province. Um, and she's been a great resource for me to can make connections so I can help other people. Like I milk my own cow, so I don't worry about that, but right um the biggest reason we got dairy cows is because we couldn't buy raw milk here right and I don't sell my raw milk I there's just lots of repercussions to that in Canada in terms of fines and jail time so it's just going to depend on where you live and Mm -hmm. I honestly think people are scared to bring up the word raw milk um people message me with like apostrophes in the word and I'm like you can say it like it's not we're not going to get in trouble. So I think people are really intimidated by asking people. And Mm -hmm. it's a very close knit, like if you do have access to raw milk, it's a very close knit community. Okay. Um, So, but I just helped a lady like two days ago, she's in Ontario and we found raw milk for her like an hour away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's possible. Um, You just have to do digging and The thing is, I think people just need to prioritize. So lots of people will say, I have to drive two hours to get it. And I'm like, that's up to you if you want. If it's a priority, you'll figure it out. Right. Um, Freeze it. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we just need to prioritize, figure out what, if that's meaningful to us, we'll drive to concerts for three hours. Like we're in Canada, you have to drive a few hours to everything. Mm -hmm. Anyways, where I live. So I think people, you'll figure it out, but also Facebook. I don't know if anyone's on Facebook anymore. Um, <laughs> you'll be able to, each province usually has like a raw milk group. Okay. Um, so like BC has one, Alberta, I think my province has one. Um, Ontario, Ontario is one of the easiest places to find raw milk. Um, you just might have to drive a bit to get it, but it's possible. Don't mm-hmm. let the intimidation um, steer you into thinking that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on also the farmers in your area if they're willing to yeah rest. like because that's a lot as a farmer I think people get frustrated with farmers but myself like I will never sell my raw milk it's just not worth the risk for me and I could never put a price on it like I said um, but lots of I know people barter with it and things like that so you just have to do some digging mm-hmm. it's there it's just right. a very black market, underground market. There might be some church parking lot exchanges. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such an interesting world we live in. I, don't I know. know. It's, it's crazy. It's so, so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like what a time to be alive. Um, but I hope that helps some people out and finding it. Mm-hmm. It just, there's so many different factors and I can't find, I can't find raw milk for people. Um <laughs> So it's just that is asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just do some digging, look up yeah. your Westerny Price chapter leader. So that's probably and, the best route for yeah. listeners. And they will know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your leader will know who is willing to sell and who's not and what's okay. Like a herd share, for example, are very common. 
and you have to sign like a lot of legal forms in that and there's a big process to it um and oftentimes you're paying in installments for that i don't know if you are you part of a herd share i'm not i was going to ask what that was yeah so herd share is when you essentially buy there this might be inaccurate so i'm sorry listeners if this is you know this differently but from my understanding a herd share is when you basically you're purchasing part of the herd part of the cow oh, and so okay. you are paying in installments like quarterly and then in exchange you get so much milk every week or every second week okay um, so i know bc has a lot of herd shares and that's kind of a way to get around these weird laws and i know lots of states have herd shares as well okay i also know in the states some states sell it as pet milk which is another yeah well, they label it as pet milk. I'm trying to mm -hmm. think what other things people can watch for, but herd share is definitely um, a common one. Yeah, that, that that's cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really neat. And it's, I just, I wish we all had access to these such nourishing, beautiful foods. And it sucks that we have to go through so many steps to find them, but jump through all the it hoops. Is worth it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I hope that helps some Canadian friends out if someone is having issues. Mm -hmm. they can message me um but that's your best route okay mm -hmm. um okay and then last one was told to supplement vitamin d recently what are your thoughts oh boy <laughs> yeah the um, funnest one the most I'm, fun one i don't know yeah. whatever grammar that is <laughs> funnest question i'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this too I do, um, but you go ahead. <laughs> I, think, I think, first of all, we need to be mindful of the possible impact of isolating nutrients and taking them in a synthetic form. Mm -hmm. So we kind of live in a society where we're like, we're low on this, let's take this. Like, we're just, let's take this, let's take this. And I'm a big proponent of, is it bioavailable? And can your body actually simulate and absorb it? Exactly. Um, is it depleting other nutrients, things like that. So in terms of vitamin D, when we have low storage levels of vitamin D, that can often indicate like inflammation, which can mean low magnesium levels. So there's yep. many factors that go into this. So mm -hmm. we aren't outside enough. Like I live in Canada. So people are like, how do you get enough vitamin D? I'm like, I go outside every day, no matter yeah. or shine or snow, like mm -hmm. even if it's cloudy, there's still UV rays coming. Mm -hmm. um, many of us are deficient in our fat soluble vitamins right. and cholesterol based on the impact of low fat, low fat diets um, that we've seen for the past decade. Um, and then also, yeah, unfortunately, and then also we're so stressed out and stress really depletes our magnesium levels. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different factors to that. Yep. Yep. I totally agree <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned the magnesium i was that was my yeah. biggest thing too yeah <laughs> it's like the, go yeah ahead. i was just gonna say i just i you already touched on it but i just wish that people could understand or get the education or the understanding that like the whole the body works together all the vitamins mm -hmm. all the minerals like all of these things like just trying to focus on one thing specifically by itself is likely going to mess something up somewhere else. So. Exactly. Like I speak <laughs> very highly of the work of these amazing foods that work in harmony with each other. And yes. I think we really need to begin to respect that. Right. Um, 
for example, taking just isolated vitamin D can really deplete retinol, which is mm -hmm. essential, which yep. is a soluble vitamin. Like I touched on, it can deplete copper and magnesium, which we need for energy production. Um, and so you need to actually activate vitamin D. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like we're just, taking, especially these last few years, everyone's just been taking zinc, vitamin D. And I really think people are doing a disservice. Yeah. But we only know, we just do the best we can with what we know, right? So Right, exactly, exactly. We, we're all just doing the best we can. So I think mm -hmm. if we can really respect the work of our mm -hmm. nutrients and that they all work together and mm -hmm. synergistically. And so I just encourage my clients to focus on those bioavailable nutrients of our fat-soluble vitamins. Like I said, retinol. So, yeah, whole foods. So like whole fat dairy. Dairy mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, yeah, the best. Yeah. Liver. I know it's all the things we talked about. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, cod liver oil is another great source mm -hmm. and then spending more time outside. Like I yep. kind of have some non-negotiables in my life and morning sunlight is one of those things. And I think people, and that's something that's free that yeah. people can really focus on is being outside more. Um, the whole sunscreen is another topic. So I really think people need to be mindful of that exposure of sunscreen, glyphosate, GMO foods. And again, this isn't all or nothing. Just do the best right. you can. Mm -hmm. I don't want to intimidate people with that. Um, the glyphosate issue is, it's everywhere. So just do right. the best you can. It's um, impossible to avoid at this point. Yeah. And so just build a resilient, really resilient, thriving body. Like we're never going to get rid of all these stressors in our life. We're always going to have stress. So let's just build this resilient body that can handle this. And that includes making sure we have enough magnesium. So mm -hmm. I recommend usually a topical first. I don't know. Okay. What you yeah. A topical. And then usually magnesium glycinate is a good one. I don't usually recommend citrate. There's so many different forms. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I've always, well, I, I can't remember. I did the calm. Magnesium oh yeah. Brand. <laughs> yeah, I did that for yeah too long. <laughs> um, yeah. But eventually, I um, I switched to magnesium bicarbonate, and yeah. I I do really really well on that. But I've been trying to look into uh, the topical magnesium, and yeah. I know the brand I I would get and everything. I just haven't um, haven't actually bought it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I really love the topical. Mm -hmm. um, just to like start people out with Epsom salt baths. Yep. Um, things like that. Yeah. I really like the magnesium bicarbonate. Who sells that again? I forget. Um, you, well, crucial Four sells it in like a powder form. Oh, and, and then, then you can just make your own. Yeah. Yep. But pristine hydro is another brand that sells it like pre-made pre-mixed mm -hmm. or whatever. So yeah, a couple options. Yeah. That's great. I always get confused because some, I can't get certain supplements in Canada. So I try to Oh yeah. Like the States and then Canada. Cause it's so hard for us to get some things, which is mm -hmm. another thing. Um, yeah. So I think people just, we should really like, we're so, we hear things we're vitamin, we need vitamin D and then we just want to take yeah. this mm -hmm. isolated form. So let's just focus on nutrient dense whole foods first. It's mm -hmm. just back to the foundations. Yeah. And um, that's, like, yeah. Yeah. And just one more thing to go off of that, like, because even two, two, three years ago, I was doing this as like, I was taking 
oral vitamin D, mm-hmm. like, like mega dosing it, because that's what it says. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, like you can take as much as you want. Your body can store it, whatever. But it's like, <laughs> I never knew why I was actually doing that, where it's like, yeah. if you actually understand vitamin D, the supplement of vitamin D and what it does inside your body, it's like, wait, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe mm-hmm. I should take, you know, a whole foods route or, you know, sunlight or, you know, whatever. Um, I think understanding instead of just taking something off of Instagram and just running with it, actually understanding the way that your body works in your physiology. And I know it takes time, but it's worth it because Mm -hmm. you get these results and this knowledge. Exactly. And that's an amazing thing about Instagram is we we see these one thing, this is going to fix everything. So we do it. And like, I've been that person. I make a dose vitamin D. Like when I worked in healthcare, cause that was a thing. Take your yep. vitamins D and vitamin D. Cause we were working in a pandemic pandemic. Um, oh, yes. so we were taking it all and it didn't, I, I don't know what it, I'm sure it wasn't beneficial to me now that I know mm-hmm. how it works. And so Instagram is a beautiful place for inspiration to kind of surface ledge surface level like learning yes but you like me and you are practitioners that can really assist people in this because it's hard to do it yourself but Mm -hmm. there's so many great resources too if you're not ready to invest in a practitioner um right so I think just more like exactly what you said if we can understand the why behind things it just really helps us make decisions that are best for us because what works for me might not work for you yes but I'm whole foods work for everybody (laughs) exactly (laughs) well said (laughs) a good place to start yeah yeah um oh all right uh so if unless you have anything else to add um you can go ahead and share you know where people can find you social media services that you offer all that yeah for sure so i'm on instagram at grounding sky wellness Um, So I share a lot of nutritional therapy information, lots of talking about reconnecting with your food. Um, And I also share a lot of my farm life on there. And my Mm -hmm. intention for that is to just to show people where your food comes from and that we're not all CAFO operations. We're not all commercial growers and that there's lots of farmers who committed their lives to raising happy, healthy animals to nourish you and put food on your plate. Um, Mm -hmm. I really think just trying to bridge that connection um, and to help people have gratitude for their food, no matter where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what you'll find there. Lots of bovine therapy. People love the cows, the calves. So if you need a little of that, I can offer that. Um, (laughs) And then I offer one-to-one nutritional therapy services. Um, And then within that, I also include culinary support as well, because I find people, I'm not a trained chef. Um, I'm just a home cook who really is passionate about rekindling the art of cooking and getting people feeling confident in their kitchens. Cause I can tell people to eat all the most nutrient dense whole foods, but if they're kind of confused on how to prepare it, um, I found it can be a big barrier for people. So I include that within my services. Um, And then I also offer one-to-one consults in terms of basically what we talked about connecting with your local farms, where to start budgeting, prioritizing it. Um, 
and I work with lots of vegans who are making that transition to including more animal foods. So we kind of talk about mm. importance of animal foods and reconnecting. Awesome. Um, so that's what I offer. So people can find me on Instagram. Okay. At Grounding Sky Wellness. Yeah. Grounding Sky Wellness. Got it. Okay. Mm. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. But awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brooke. This was awesome. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <Went by> fast. <laughs> yeah, it did. It really did. <laughs> We're almost thank out of time you already. Thank you for your time and chatting with me. And thank you to your listeners for submitting some great questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm glad people are talking about food and farming more. It's really yeah. warms mm-hmm. my heart. Yes. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Everything I mentioned today will be linked in the episode description below. If you would like to keep up with my day-to-day life, you can find me at Sincerely Mir on Instagram. Thank you.